Thanks for tuning in to the Let's Get Ready Network, the place for coverage of all the things you love. On this feed, we cover movies, TV, video games, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can do so on our Patreon at patreon.com slash LGR underscore network. And please leave a rating and a review of this episode. Enjoy the show, everyone. Everybody, welcome back to the Rewatchers Council. My God. So we're already on the 11th episode of the first season here. We're talking out of mind, out of sight. I am joined once again, full council here, guys. At least, you know, council members at large. Uh, we have Adelia Chambo. We also have young Ferris Muthana. We're ready to talk. Uh, am I the gonna... Giles of this group? I don't know if you'd be the Giles. Why can't I be the Giles? I don't know. You the so you tell me I gotta be. I, I, I would. I would think Snark would be the Giles because he has all the information. You so, would be like. Are you Buffy? Me? Uh, I'm, no. Are you telling me Buffy? No, not you. You're not Buffy. Okay. Yeah. Um. So are you Allison Hannigan? Willow. She, yes, Willow. I'd, I'd be. I'd be very happy to be Willow. Yeah, so does that make me Xander? Man, I'll, I'll be Angel. Make me Angel. Are you broody? Are you? Yeah, I, broody? I, I can brood. He, actually, he, he brood? actually is kind of broody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Angel, Angel Ferris, perfect. Yeah, and sometimes I don't even show up, just like Angel. No, that's true. But yeah. then sometimes this, I show up and save the day. Especially in this. You gotta season. show up next week because I won't be here. Oh See? my God, See, uh, Angel. That's right. Uh, okay, and he does show up uh, for the first time in a while. I think, this is for the, angel I think that's a part that was written in quite late when they figured, oh, uh, we better get to uh, the end of the uh, season here real quick. <laughs> so uh, we'll talk about him when he shows up. But let's go. What we usually do here, guys, penultimate episode of the year, by the way. Uh, we're going to talk about its original air date, which was May 19th, 97. Ah, a day I remember so well. Or not at all. I don't remember it. But I do remember going to see the number one movie this week, The Fifth Element. Uh, the number one Is that song. that the one with, with Bruce Willis and Mila Jehovich? And Yeah, Lilu or whatever her name is. Her, yeah. Well, yeah, her name yeah. is Lilu. Yeah. And like Chris Tucker. Chris is, Tucker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's his name? They have, they have all it. kinds of movies. You've never seen it? No. Oh, sci-fi classic. They you don't know, make we, them like we that may, anymore. We may do that for... For our new series, well, not a new series, a series is coming back called First Time Watches with Ferris. Probably do some sci-fi stuff. There you go. Very nice. Yep. Fifth Element should definitely be on there. Entertaining. That's for sure. There is a poll on the community tab of this YouTube channel right now with the suggestions for First Time Watches with Ferris. Very nice. Mm -hmm. Look how that all ties in. You guys are so smart. Uh, Unlike me. Anyways, number one song, Hypnotize. Once again... Yeah. Now the number one UK song I'd never heard before, so I looked it up, and even as far only as far back as like 
three, four years ago. There's people commenting on this song, talking about what a classic it is, and it's and how it brings back all these memories of their childhood and stuff like that. The song is called You're Not Alone by Olive. I gotta tell you, I could have went the rest of my life without hearing that song. I thought it was trash. I've never heard of that song. Yep. It's a it's a very nineties ish song, but I just don't get it. I don't get the popularity. It also has um a very nineties name. Olive. Olive. <laughs> Olive. Olive's Olive. a pretty old. I'm thinking Olive might be an old name, but yeah. yes, whatever. Uh that's fine. Uh this episode was directed by Reza Badi. Now, he isn't much of a director. He's directed some stuff, but he's mostly a cinematographer. And he was involved in some pretty iconic stuff. Like, he's the one who directed the curl for the uh, uh, opening credits of Hawaii Five-0. Yes! And he's also... That was very loud, Ferris. He's also the guy that convinced Mary Tyler Moore to throw her hat up into the air. She's going to make it after all. That was him. Iconic. Yeah. Uh, He directed, say, 17 episodes of Mission Impossible. Uh, Yeah, so... He's done like get smart and stuff like that too. So, so uh, Reza Badi, yeah, an Iranian director. Uh, yeah, so there you go. Uh, I guess they got him back or whatever. It's the only time he's credited with Buffy, so they just really wanted to have him in there, which is nice. Oh, God, God rest his soul. Yes, unfortunately, he's passed away. Uh, now. Oh, oh, yeah, I forgot. He also did episodes of Sledgehammer. And if you guys don't remember Sledgehammer from the 80s, it didn't last very long, but was really funny. Anyways, written by uh, the showrunner and a lady named Ashley Gable Ferris. She's also helped write stuff for The Mentalist, Magna P.I., Xena. But tell me, which, mag- which Magnum P.I.? I believe the new the new Magnum. Oh, man, the one with Jay Hernandez? Yeah, I guess so. Also only- directed stuff for two of my least favorite television series of all time uh designated survivor which is awful awful you don't like the southern i hated it i uh-huh. hated it i watched every episode that was the only thing i've ever hate hate watched was that show uh and also new amsterdam new amsterdam was uh, trash oh oh come on trash. we're talking about drama yeah it was based on a book I gotta read the yeah, book. It's probably a trash. Book. Better probably. Ugh, probably. Oh, it was so bad. Anyways, DVD synopsis, guys. I don't agree with that assessment of the situation. How dare you? Uh, I don't agree. <laughs> as Cordelia prepares for Sunnydale High's May Queen competition, an invisible force starts attacking her closest friends. Mm, closest pretty, friends. pretty, pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Does Cordelia I mean, have close friends? You know, well, I mean, according, well, according to this episode, she's pictured he, with harmony a lot. So yeah, that's yeah, true. I guess definitely harmony. harmony. Yeah, definitely harmony. I guess you could consider harmony. And the episode itself starts off with said Cordy, said harmony, and some guy named Mitch. It's a flavor of the week for Cordy, but it's gonna take her to uh, prom, I guess. Here now, this uh, Mitch guy is played by a guy named Ryan Biddle. Spring formal, right. He's been in Lucifer, uh, All My Children. Uh, also, for Ferris, he's been in Bones and NCIS. Lots of people have done those shows. Anyways. I love how I- excited Ferris gets. It's just a mention <laughs> of procedurals. On yeah. 
So you think, yeah, you think, you, and uh, you think David Boreanaz got these people jobs on bones? You think uh, he, I, yes. Did you ever see Michigan? No. Uh, probably not him. But the, if you could, you could actually say this about almost every guest star they have. Do we ever see this guy again? No. Yeah. Uh, good chances, but you. Well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Shout out to David uh, Boreanaz. Legend. One hundred percent. Now, uh, they are talking about the end of the school year and stuff like that. Cordy's talking about how uh, stuff off the rack gives her hives. Which Sounds I can about relate. right. I can relate. You know what gives me hives? Turnips. What? <laughs> yeah. Are okay. you allergic to turnips? Yeah. Uh, I don't turnip. think I've ever had a turnip. Uh, I've had it once, and it almost killed me. So there you Damn. go. Yep, there you I go. Once ate, I once ate cooked celery. Oh, it's in soup. It's not a big deal, is it? No, nah, but it was like, yeah. Why are we talking about this? Oh no, I have no idea. <laughs> we had we you drop the chaos into the show, and this is what happens. <laughs> All right, so Buffy bumps into them, uh, dropping her stuff, a bunch of uh, uh, steaks as per usual, but also a medieval mace. Yo, yo, yeah. yo, yeah, you saw that too? They, yeah. <laughs> I like how she blames she blames his she blames history class for the mace and no one can, yeah, man, no one she really got cares. bro, she got a mace, some some wooden stakes. Yeah, it, oh my god, it, it, it looked like a dominatrix's purse, but you know <laughs> Do they have maces, <laughs> you don't know it's decoration, and as you well, walk oh. in they're Hanging on the wall. I, mean, no. I don't want to know how you know this. Of course, I wouldn't know this. You know, it's fine. Nah, yeah. Yep. Okay. I, won't divulge, I won't divulge any more information. Perfect. <laughs> like, this is being recorded, by yes. the way. So, uh, they, <laughs> they, uh, uh, they go to a new class. Now, I'm not sure if this is history class or English class or whatever, but... Uh, uh, I think I think it's I think it's world it's world literature. Okay, very because well. they're they're talking I about world literature in high school. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did. I learned I learned world literature sophomore year of high school. And funny enough, the book they're talking about, I talked about as well. They're talking about Shakespeare's Merchant of Venice. They're talking about should be a British literature class. No, I think it's world literature because Probably, I mean, we did Shakespeare in British literature in my high school. What for us, it was just called English class. Yeah, there you go. Now, uh, could be, so could be English. <laughs> so, anyways, in this, in this, uh, unnamed class, uh, the teacher is talking about Shylock and societal outcasts, yeah. Yeah, which yeah, is very coincidental, it's very coincidental considering the theme of the episode. Now, uh, yes, the teacher's name is uh play or she's played it's miss miller and she's played by denise dows now of course she's in castle affairs as we all know bones she's <laughs> also in house, uh, house requiem for a dream the movie the, yes the, i'm, oh I'm sure God. there was never a television show yeah I that would have been be a television that would be an interesting that. program yeah uh, i heard that i heard they just did a bunch of heroin in that show i mean that movie Mm, okay, so Cordy uh, thinks that Shylock was a whiner. Uh, Miss Miller's like right into this. She likes what Cordelia was saying. Like, Cordelia isn't dumb, guys. She just has a different 
a different plane of thought than everybody. Yeah, Miss Miss Miller's probably just happy that she has a student engaging with the material, dissecting it through her mind, right? Mm-hmm. And she, and, you know, like great teachers can like feed through the dissection of the student's brain because people digest media and information differently, right? Because like you know, the way I talk about one thing is going to be the same as Rob talks about another thing. That's true. Now. Uh, Cordy was also talking about how, you know, Shylock's a whiner, how he's only thinking of himself, just like the girl she ran over with her car. Yeah. <laughs> her bike. Yeah, with her bike. Uh, now, uh, also, in that class, did anybody else notice Willow wearing a Scooby-Doo t-shirt? No. Oh. I did. I was like, oh, that's a little on the nose as well. Now, uh, she, Cordy asks uh, after school. Asked, <laughs> yeah, because Sarah Michelle De- Geller's Daphne. Well, there's a whole bunch of reasons. Now, uh, <laughs> she, she she wasn't at the time. Fair. So oh, Scoobs. Oh, the Scoobs. Yeah. 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 Uh, she, now, she uh, asked Miss Miller for help with her paper after class. Miss Miller tells her to come tomorrow after school. They seem to have a pretty good relationship, so that's nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, young Mitch is in the boys' locker room this time, Adelia. A little, a little bit of a switch up this time. Shenanigans are going to happen in the men's change room. Yep. He's, he's talking to his friends about dating Cordy. Then they leave. He hears a girl giggling. Now, for some reason, Mitch has left a baseball bat on top of his locker. Yeah. No, but, but, no, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. He hears mm-hmm. a girl giggling, and his first instinct is, let's grab the bat. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Yeah. He's a very private person. All right. Uh, yeah, anyways, the invisible bat comes and beats him up. Uh, and that's it. Uh, then we see Cordy campaigning for the May Queen. Mm-hmm. She's handing out chocolate. Now, again, this is a completely American thing. I have, well, I thought it was American, but it turns out it's like a Swedish thing. Like, mid, like, I forgot about Midsummer and Midsummer, like the girls named the May Queen and stuff like that. We never had like a May Queen pageant in any of the schools I went to here. In it was Canada. interesting really to me that they went with May Queen and didn't just have her like campaigning to be prom queen. Right. Well, because well, yeah, she's also only in grade formal. ten, right? Yeah, it's a spring formal. It's not a. It's not prom because prom is but, for the senior. May, May Queen sort of times. makes it assume that it's in May. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're talking about the end of the school year is coming up and stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah so. No, but I, I think the I, was, queen, I was a little surprised it wasn't prom queen. Yeah, a lot of well, well, there's a lot of you know, it's just depending on the region because there's a lot of people being called the the corn cop queen, you know, because of you know people born you know corn. Um, that was in the Big Bang Theory. Um, but yeah, I just I just think that I think the spring formal is for the under people, and the proms for the seniors. So that how it works? Probably. That's not how it worked at my high school. (laughs) Unless you got invited to prom by senior. Uh, Cordy only dates seniors. Really? No, yeah, my prom was just for seniors. No, anybody could go to prom at my school. Yeah, no, that's not the way. That's not the way my school operated. I couldn't have been weird. I didn't go to prom. I didn't go to prom either. I went to after prom, but I didn't go to prom. Nah, I didn't go to after prom either. I I went to work. I was at work. <laughs> lucky, lucky. Now, uh, Cordy is handing out little chocolates. Chocolates have a C on it, and good old Harmony says C for Cordelia. So she gets it. Yeah, she gets it. 
Yeah. Rydia says, no, for Wilma. (laughs) (laughs) Now, for some reason, Cordelia's quest for titles brings Willow and Xander back to a sixth grade field trip. I hated this part of this. Yeah, it was dumb. I didn't get it at all. You know what I mean? You know what my biggest pet peeve, Rob? I told Adelia this. One of my biggest pet peeves is when, 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 when someone's telling a story, and it's supposed to be a funny story, and they keep laughing as they're telling the story, so they never actually tell you the story. So you're just like, then shut up next time, right? Yeah. Shut up, sure. right? Don't tell me about this story. Yeah, shame on, shame on. Anyways, now and also too, like the disconnect that you know Buffy showed up to the new schools. You know, these kids have been together for you know since fifth grade, sixth grade, probably. You know I mean, and she's like new because she's not from Sunnydale; she's from LA. Mm-hmm. So. So yeah, and th- and oh, in segue speak, mm-hmm. uh, Buffy says that her last school, which she was in was, LA, she yeah. was May Queen. Yep. Like, uh, uh, when do people start becoming May Queens and stuff like that? Like she was only in grade nine or something like that at the time, or you'd think. So there yeah. you go. Uh, now we have some good news. Mm-hmm. Mitch survived his horrific invisible beating, and as he's being wheeled out, he tells. Uh, Buffy what happened for some reason. The girl he was just making fun of uh, a few mm-hmm. scenes before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I never understood that. Uh, Sna- well, in times of crisis, you kind of tell anybody anything. I guess so. Uh, yeah. Snyder stops, by, or stops Buffy from investigating, but Willow distracts him by mentioning Mitch is going to sue the school and that his father is a very good lawyer. So they call him the beast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, she goes so here comes Buffy into the boy shower this time uh, the bat was just left on the floor guys mm-hmm. uh, they managed to uh, pick up a, an assault victim and just leave the remnants of his attack on the floor uh, she yeah. finds the word look they're right EMTs painted. they're not cops so what, what why was they... a cop there why wasn't a cop there that's what I'm saying where, where, where are the cops where are I'm actually asking for the cops you know what I mean? As they were in that in last America. episode. And again, like I said, they no, just no. don't show up very often. So yeah, yes, no. the word luck. Sounds like real life. Oh my God. And four lockers in the men's change room. You know, uh, Giles doesn't know much about uh, lone baseball bat attacks. Xander says maybe it was a vampire bat. She's such an imbecile. I thought it was good. Uh, Giles suggested it may have been a, a telekinesis or invisibility or a ghost. Uh, and then Willow gets the enviable job of researching dead kids in case of dead or missing. Yeah, dead or missing. Sorry, dead or missing kids. Yo, Just man. in case it's a poster guy. She must be so traumatized. She must be so traumatized. Like, she is just an innocent girl trying to live through life you know, editing stuff on a computer and just trying to just, you know, just have fun with the world. And, and I hate trying <laughs> to research dead children. Like, God, she must be horrified. Yeah, I think she's fine with it. I think she's totally fine with it. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. She's a weirdo. All right. Xander wants the research job for some reason until, uh, or he wants the interview job until he's told that uh, he'd have to talk to Cordelia. And then he says, oh, okay, I'll do the research. That made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Cordy, of course, very concerned. She is very concerned that Mitch will look bad for prom pictures. 
Mm-hmm. And then Harmony asked to reassure about the magic of airbrushing. I guess there was airbrushing back then, right? Even for prompt Yeah. All right. Yeah, because airbrushing uh, was introduced in the early 90s for supermodels. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, and the first flashback happens. There's a few flashbacks in this in this episode from a first person per- mm-hmm. perspective at first, and then a third. Per- yeah, they don't uh, they don't follow any kind of law for this. Uh, it's just typical Cordy making someone look small, only for saying hello to them, and then uh, she and Harmony walk away. So there you go. There wasn't much to it. Uh, just more Cordy being Cordy. Now back to the mm-hmm. present time. Uh, Buffy has to speak to Cordelia at the top of the stairs. Then something hits Harmony and she tumbles down the steps. She says her ankle is broken and that mm-hmm. someone pushed her. And I thought someone they were just going to blame Buffy for this, but they don't. Uh, Buffy says, uh, uh, she or Buffy hears a girl laugh and investigates. She goes into the music room and trips against someone who isn't there, guys. Uh, Buffy says she just wants to talk, but invisible, the invisible being escapes via the ceiling tiles. Mm-hmm. Now, at first, I was like, uh, what? How is she getting through these ceiling tiles? This horseshit. But then you see later on when the, well, we won't spoil it, but there's a reason why she didn't fall through. So it's, so I was appeased. My, my initial anchor was uh, appeased by that. Now, after class, uh, the camera focuses briefly on a couple gentlemen in suits, Ferris. Yep. They're probably no good. Uh, not like oh, no, gentlemen. Yeah, not, no, like, no. not a couple gentlemen like we'll meet in season four. Different gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffy asks Giles if he's ever touched a ghost. And he says it's a cold, amorphous feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Buffy touched this one, she says, and it was warm. I don't know how she could tell. Because she just kind of stumbled against it with her foot. I don't know. Well, she, no, she she probably felt like like a regular human body that just was wasn't there. So it's like it's a warm human body, hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. They just start dealing with an invisible girl anyway, so they get it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out, invisibility is Xander's favorite superpower. Yep, because mm-hmm. he's a creep. I was gonna say same as the majority of perverts. Worldwide, I would suggest. Yeah, I would suggest. (laughs) Just quote here: "It must be a very heady experience having that ability." And then he gives Sandra a look. Yeah, all right. (laughs) So, uh, since uh, Mitch and Harm are the only ones attacked, they believe the invisible girl has a grudge against Cordelia. Mm -hmm. Sandra invites Willow over for uh, Chinese food after that. Willow has to, Xander even has a stove. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, good so joke. It's a good you know, question. Your, your, your childhood. It's a very good question. You've been to his house a million times. Now, uh, Buffy uh, goes to the school. She's on the hunt for an invisible somebody. Uh, Cordy and her team are there preparing for prom. Cordy and her team are at the school. Getting at her night. Dress ready for, at night. I'm very confused. Is it prom? Is it a, What is it? They've mentioned prom a couple of times in the episode. They do. That's why I just keep saying prom. Okay. That's why I was confused it wasn't prom queen. Like, why is it May Queen when the dance is the prom? Yeah, yeah you can just call it prom queen. Now I'm, now I'm more confused. Because I, I, when they say May Queen, I assumed it was like a spring formal for like undergrads. But now I'm confused. Yeah. I don't get it. Anyways, Buffy sees her and gets all jealous for a minute. And then here's a flute playing. 
so she uh, 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 so, and also sorry somehow Giles can hear the flute playing. Giles in the library can hear a flute playing. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, so I uh, think the invisible person is there. Nope. Uh, it's Angel. So here we go. We were talking Angel before. Angel shows up. Uh, Wait, Angel was playing the flute. No, uh, no, no, he was, you know, he could hear it and stuff like that. And he thinks someone's there right. playing the flute for some reason. Thank God, because just... I thought, I thought, I thought I missed something when I was watching this episode. I was like, I didn't, I don't remember Angel playing the flute. I was confused. No, Angel was not yeah. playing the flute. No, so yeah, you think he uh, can play the flute? Uh, probably. Who knows? Probably he's Irish. Maybe that Irish whistle thing. Oh, you find out, he, guys. You find out he's Irish. Anyways, uh, yeah, I guess Giles no, he is, is Irish. Like, that's. that's... <laughs> You're forgetting that. That's yeah. wild. Sorry. So yeah, there's no no accent on. He's been in America for a while now. Yeah. Uh, Giles was cleaning his glasses, I think, and looking into the window of the cabinet or whatever, and couldn't see Angel. And that's mm -hmm. when he's like, "Oh yeah, it turns out uh, uh, vampires can't uh, don't have a reflection." And then he starts talking about how uh, uh, he thinks it's kind of uh, uh, romantic that a uh, or a uh, uh, poetic. That poetic a, that a that a vampire can fall in love with a slayer but in a maudlin sort of way mm -hmm. now angel comes back and says uh tells Joss that something's in motion with the master who again we don't see uh something big and he asks if giles has read all the slayer lore there is he says he has mm -hmm. say for the most salient slayer prophecy books since they're lost including the Peregrine Codex, uh, which Angel says isn't lost, just misplaced. Uh, what? Isn't that the same thing? Well, I mean, it's lost if you don't know that it's misplaced somewhere. But Angel knows where it is. He can get yeah. it. Somehow he knows. You just always knew where this thing was. But, but if it was misplaced, then he wouldn't know where it is because he misplaced it. No, it wasn't his. Yeah. Okay, but he knows where it is. It wasn't oh, lost. It was misplaced. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Uh, it turns out uh, this thing is the uh, most complete prophecy is about the Slayer's role in the end years, guys. Oh mm -hmm. boy. Yep. And Angel knows how to get it. And then, speaking of maudlin, Angel somehow uh, can sympathize with an invisible person. It's like, oh, okay, we get it. All right. Now. Uh, we get to another flashback. We finally see our antagonist's face. Did you recognize her at all, Ferris? Not really. Okay. Uh, she's I played. Did. Yes, she's played by uh, Clea Duval. Mm -hmm. uh, she was in uh, The Faculty and Argo and Poker Face. But I know her best. Tell she was in Argo. Uh, yeah. How big uh, of a role in Argo? I think a semi big role. Like a like, was she role. like? Was she like a, a like speaking a, a speaking role? What the hell? Okay. Uh, I think she was playing one of the uh, Americans uh, uh, at the Canadian embassy, but I can't remember. Anyways, uh, what I know her from is Veep, and she was uh, Catherine Myers' uh, former Secret Service agent slash girlfriend or wife. I can't remember if they got married or not in the show. There you go. So I was excited. I was like, oh yeah, Cora in Argo. Mm -hmm. I don't know who Cora is because I've never seen it. Right. It's yeah. Wait, Catherine Myers. That's not. That's not. 
Selena Myers, Selena Myers' daughter, the the vice president's daughter's wife or whatever. That's who she played. So Julia Louis Dreyfus's character, character's daughter, right, was married to this lady, right. God, there you go. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this time, uh, Cordy and co- company gather around her, but don't acknowledge her existence. Uh, when she does say something, Harmony gives her crap, and then they leave. So we're getting it. We're getting it. This girl's going to be mm-hmm. Um Now back to present day. Uh, Cordy surprisingly wins the May Queen. Uh, she thanks everybody for making the right choice, which is mm-hmm. nice of her. That's sweet. <laughs> Being this popular is not just my right, but my responsibility, she says. She's absolutely right about that. Yeah. Uh, Willow gives Buffy the missing student list. Then we see the suited gentleman again. Willow wonders if Cordelia hired a bodyguard. Yeah, that was funny. Buffy notices the latest missing kid, played the flute. Her name is Mary Ross. I'm sorry, Marcy Ross. Marcy Marcy, Ross. Yep, Marcy Ross. The latest one. All right. I figured there'd be more. Buffy goes back to the music room, notices. Sorry. Oh, I can't even remind what other thing. No, something on the chair and the ceiling tile. Yeah. It's like a shoe print. Yes. Sorry. The shoe print. Yeah. The shoe print on the top. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then a, and then the ceiling tiles askew. So she climbs up there and finds the nest. Now, this is when I noticed the plank running across yeah. the uh, thing or whatever. So I wasn't quite so mad. Yeah, and she finds a little nest there, complete with a flute, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. Some little trinkets left behind or whatever uh including her yearbook and then we see a knife floating behind her and nothing comes of it though and she leaves with the yearbook for some reason so uh she we see marcy again in uh, mrs miller's class and well just she goes in there invisibly and mm-hmm. suffocates her with a bag was this what... before or after the flashback where we see her in class and Mrs. Miller is calling on everyone oh, but her? That... Yeah, yeah this, this very I well could have been. Her trying to kill Mrs. Miller's after that, and then she started to disappear. So she's blaming Mrs. Miller. <laughs> Sorry, I apologize. Yeah, so like she, yeah, she's mad at Mrs. Miller because you know she ignored her when she kept asking everybody else. Yeah, which personally, that's a that's a you being a bad teacher. You yeah, know? yeah, mm-hmm. but every it yeah. just shows that everybody for some reason is ignoring Marcy. Uh, now, uh, Cordy does find her still alive but uh, unconscious, and then watches a disembodied chalk. Right? Was it listen, listen on the blackboard? Listen. Yeah, listen. Okay, so back at the library, and they see uh, the only inscriptions in her yearbook were "Have a nice summer." Yeah, uh, which means she doesn't have any friends, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. People I still took the time I, to write it. Yeah, I didn't. That was that was great detailing of psychology of of high school. I that never happened to me. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. If I, I, I mean, there is definitely uh, several places in my yearbook where somebody I didn't know very well just wrote "Have a great summer." Yeah, but what did you? What do you expect from people you don't really know that well? Yeah. But that's the whole point, Ferris, yeah. is that everyone wrote Have a Great Summer. Yeah, no one's no taking one the time to get her. to know her. 
Yeah, uh, Xander yeah. called it the kiss of death. Turns out her, mm-hmm. him, and Willow both wrote in it, saying mm-hmm. the exact same thing. Uh, well, no, no. Willow said, have a great summer. Yeah, that's true. Thanks. Uh Giles slams his hand down. Says, of course. He was researching mystical when he should have researched physics. Mm-hmm. Because in physics, obviously, if you feel bad, you can turn invisible. Absolutely. I don't think he said Everybody physics. I think he said quantum <laughs> magnum. Yeah. Then I or think yeah, he said yeah, me- something like, me- like that. Quantum mechanical or foundations so. or something like that. Yeah. Next, uh, no, this is when uh, the flashback happens uh, with Mrs. Miller uh, uh, ignoring Marcy in class. Da, da, da. Uh, this is when she notices her hand disappearing. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah, not the best special effects on that part, but we get yeah. the gist, guys. We get the gist. The budget wasn't big that day. Yeah. Uh, now back to the library, and they found out they were right. She was targeting Cordelia because they have that weird crown picture. That's when she, Cordelia comes in and says, this is all about me, 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 me. And yes, uh, of course she did. Uh, even when she's right, she's still Cordy. No, I love uh, Cordy she, in this episode so much. She, she wants Buffy's help because she's strong and has weapons. And she's hoping she's in a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah uh, I would too. <laughs> Giles doesn't recall ever seeing her in the library before. She says... Uh, no. Oh, no. I have a life. So, yes. Perfect. Now, she's shown a picture of Marcy. She's repulsed that she's wearing Laura Ashley. Now, uh, Laura Ashley is a name that I've heard before, but I... I, does anybody... I remember Laura Ashley. Is that... I'm I know very that... Strong, very much remember it. I remember her t- making fun of uh, Sears before like that, but I have no idea where Laura Ashley stuff would come from. Uh, but she says she's never seen. Who's her Laura her Ashley? I never, I never. Laura know. Ashley was like a, a, a clothing designer. Mm-hmm. Made a very specific style of clothing. I don't even know how to describe it, but it's what Marcy's wearing in that picture. Yeah, and it was like if you saw someone in Laura Ashley in the late nineties, you knew it was Laura Ashley. Oh, jeez, mm-hmm. oh, I wouldn't know. For me, it was like uh, what? What was that stuff? Uh, like beaver canoe and stuff like that because they would say beaver canoe on it that's why they went there away so there you go it was all, uh, it was all floral patterns and stuff oh like that. very okay. like yeah, all right not stuff a, a teenage girl should be wearing Ooh. now so uh, they shouldn't be wearing flowers do you wear flowers but like this is like stuff that like if you look back on it it's like stuff that you would think your grandmother would be wearing not your 16 year old self oh okay yeah. So next we see Marcy back at the nest. This time she's muttering to herself, threatening Cordy. The things that insane people do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Willow suggests postponing the coronation, which of course is happening at the bronze. Of course. The school's high school May Queen thing being presented at, the, a bar. Local, at the local nightclub. Cordy won't. Uh, of course, uh, she would never suggest putting it, uh, saying if she did, that Marcy would win and that Marcy's way eviler mm-hmm. than her. So there you go. Uh, Buffy then decides to use Cordelia as bait, but Marcy eavesdropped on the plan. So mm-hmm. Cordy and Buffy are talking in the hall. Cordy sympathizes with Marcy and how lonely she must feel. 
Buffy gets snarky. What a great scene. Yeah. It says, so you've uh, read something about the feeling? Corey says, you think I'm never lonely just because I'm so cute and popular? I can be surrounded by people and be completely alone. It's like, oh, all right. Buffy asks her if she feels so alone. Why do you work so hard at being popular? She says in Corey fashion, it beats being alone all by yourself. There you go. It makes sense, I guess, in the it would make sense in Cordy's brain, anyways. That's fine. Yeah. Now, Willow hears a flute being played this time. Damn flute. She, Xander, and Giles try to find where it's coming from. Cordy goes to change in the janitor's closet. Buffy's waiting outside for her. Now, Willow, Xander, and Giles are in the school's basement, of course. Of course. Uh, I hated this part of this. Mm-hmm. The recurring nightmare of mine. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. In the place with the uh, boiler room and stuff like that. Is mm-hmm. Now, uh, the flute is coming from a boombox. I was very happy to see one of those. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Alexander saying, can you say gulp? Yeah. Then they're locked in and hear a hissing sound. It's unfortunate that so many of these rooms at the uh, school are wired or set up for gassing people. Uh, yeah. Buffy has an unsuccessful attempt at a heart-to-heart with Cordelia. Then here's a commotion. Uh, when Cordy doesn't answer her back, she punches through the door in time to see Cordy dragged into the ceiling. Now, this girl was so sad, she went invisible. But I guess that also means she gets super strength. Yeah, I didn't get this. She seemed like a slight young lady. And yeah. she was managed to pull Cordelia up into the ceiling. Incredible. Uh, anyways, Buffy jumps up after them. Mm-hmm. You would think that she would have caught her with their, you know, super slayer speed and stuff like that. But that wouldn't be fun for the episode affairs. No, no, no. Back downstairs, Giles realizes it's gas and they can't turn it off. Buffy finds Cordy in Marcy's nest, then gets punched and falls through the tiles to the floor. Uh, yeah. So then she gets stabbed with a needle. Yep. In the neck, like, come on. Uh, that's just after a bag drops out, and this needle mm-hmm. floats around and injects something into her neck. What? What is that? She just had this stuff too. Yeah. She's a high school student. She it has to be like it. some type of sedative because it can't be like anything else because it was white and it's clear. Like, could it have been insulin? I don't think so. No, I don't know. Yeah, like it, it knocks me out, so it's definitely yeah. something that sedates her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so next we see Buffy and Cordy at the bronze, tied up. Uh, Cordy's face has gone numb, and they see the word learn on the curtain there in big uh, big letters. Uh, a medical tray rolls up. Marcy tells Cordy that she's the lesson. All right. Uh, and that everyone wants to be noticed like her. The cloth comes off the tray, revealing surgical tools. This can't be good. And she tells no. Cordy that she'll have a face that no one will forget. You know, just like Cordy always wanted. Yeah. In the back in the basement, our other three heroes still trying to escape. Willow can't help. Uh, but Giles and Sandra are trying to bust the door down using Giles's jacket to prevent sparks, which is smart, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we go. This is a lot of back and forth thing here. Back back at the bronze, Marcy is uh blowfelding. Meaning she's just telling all her heroes their entire plans and stuff like that. And we go back to the basement. Now only Giles is awake. Uh, one thing I noticed when I was rewatching this time, 
when Xander passes out, his head goes into uh, Willow's face pretty hard. Pretty hard that you see a big smile going Allison Hannigan's face and stuff like that, and they just never cut it. So I like that. So that's a little that's a little Easter egg for you guys. Watch mm-hmm. <laughs> watch Xander knock knock uh, some sense into Willow. There, boom! So funny. Now we go back to the bronze. Buffy's trying to uh, free herself again. The the laws on her powers and stuff like that really go uh, back and forth here quite a bit depending on how the plot of the show is going. Uh, uh, Marcy's still dry, but diatribing. Uh, she's getting more angry, though. And this time she actually slashes Cordy's face. Buffy mm-hmm. then kicks the med tray at Marcy and frees herself. Mm-hmm. She tries to free Cordy, but punched again. Again, this girl has super strength. Now we go back to the basement again. The basement, now Angel has shown up uh, to free them. Somehow uh, he's brought Giles to Codex. Mm-hmm. So it was not only did he uh, know where to find it, it wasn't very far away. Uh, <laughs> but he smelled the gas, he said. He then uh, volunteers to turn off the, gra- the gas because he can't breathe. Now, he could smell, but he can't breathe. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to get used to that. Then we go back to the bronze. Buffy is getting her ass kicked again somehow. Uh, Marcy thinks or asks how she can fight someone. She can't see. Uh, Buffy gets to tell Cordy to shut up, which she does. And then she gets to go all zen. And then uh, punches, uh, uh, yeah, and then punches uh, Marcy through a curtain. She gets to see her. Uh, says, I see you. And punches her again. Then just got, just then, the guys in the suit show up. Uh, mm-hmm. They say they say they're from the FBI. Mm-hmm. These are like the... CIA or something like that yeah, would be CIA more... would be more appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Like, you know, okay, we'll talk about it when we get to the end. Uh, so they take Marcy with them. Uh, played by a couple guys. One guy's name is Mark Fellin, who was in uh, The Rock's version of Hercules. Uh, he was in Emerald City. Okay. And he was in a movie called Two Hookers and a Bitch. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> that caught me off guard. Yeah. That caught me off guard. What? Yeah, yeah. there you go. It's like uh, it's like a three men and a baby. That's right. That's uh, slightly different. Yeah, it's probably a little different. Uh, the other guy's name is Kip Strelrecht, and he's done a lot of anime voices like Akira and Naruto, and uh, Dead Red uh, Red Dead. Was it Red Dead Revolver Two? Ferris? Red the Dead Mar- Redemption Two. Oh, is that it? All right. Uh, probably it might be revolved because I remember there's a revolved no. one. Uh, anyways, uh, they say they can rehabilitate her, guys, and make her a useful member of society once again. So, sounds like it's going to be a uh, a happy ending for young Marcy. Now, the next day at school, Giles doesn't mention Angel helping them escape to Buffy for some yeah. reason. Yeah. Kept that, that, that all quiet. And Cordy thanked them all, but then Mitch shows up. And she's back to being good old Cordelia Chase again. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank goodness mm-hmm. for that. Uh, now, we talk about that final scene uh, where agents bring Invisible Marcy in to a school for invisible people. Two things. Uh, she's asked to take a seat. Everybody in that class is invisible, and she just finds uh, an open chair right yeah. away. Uh, yeah. I, I think it would have been more funny. It's like, oh, no, that's mine. That's mine. Uh, but whatever. What are you going to do? Anyways. She opens up their book, 
and it turns out this is a class for assassins, which would be awesome considering uh, all the neat adventures they could have uh, against the people from the school and stuff in future episodes. But of course they don't. This is the last time you ever see them. You never hear from these people again. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it would be the CIA that had the assassin yeah. school mm -hmm. and not the Federal Bureau of just, you know, investigations. Anyways, that's it for the episode, guys. And now let's come down to this. The final episode of season one, Prophecy Girl. Uh, it's a, yeah, wonderful episode. Uh, I can't wait to talk about it. But before we do, next time, how about you, Adelia, tell us what you're up to here on the internet. Uh, you can find me on uh, this channel every Friday, 8 p.m. Pacific, doing The Open Table. This show, of course, every 3, 3 p.m. Pacific, every Thursday. And over on the Highlights channel, you can check me and Snark out doing Starting 11, 3 p.m. Pacific on Tuesdays, our English Premier League recap show. And uh, we've got some merch. Uh -huh. Let's get ready, networkshop.com. Check it out. Ferris. Great. Yes, you can find me every Friday, 3 o'clock on our sports channel, Good Friends, Better Rivals, as well as on our entertainment channel, 8 o'clock at the open table. Me and Adelia talk about a whole list of, you know, life topics, sports, movies, you name it. We talk about it. Uh, and the 3 o'clock Pacific on the sports channel, uh, it's American football. Me and my co-host, Caleb, we talk American football, as well as the scrum down where we're talking tent. I'm talking rugby with Adelia. That's mm -hmm. a new show, new sports show. That's Thursdays 3 Pacific on the Highlights Channel. Thursdays 3 Pacific, yes. Thank you. Excellent. Yes, and I'll be on starting 11 with Adelia. Those Tuesdays. This show right here, Thursdays on the Let's Get Ready Network. And coming soon once again, LDRN after Snark, there'll be weekends here on Flagship Network, guys. Thanks very much. Prophecy Girl next time. End of season one. I can't wait. And we will see you then.